entire year six hope you are all well and working hard and staying safe um i thought we should read our home reading together today so i'm going to start on chapter 76 page 252 and then i'll read a page and then i'll get you to pause the video and then you can read the next page and we'll take turns just like our normal guided reading sessions so let's begin <clears throat> chapter 76 which is how later that day grandpa byron and i ended up in bladen 15 miles up the time from the coast and i tell you 15 miles on the back of a little moped is enough punishment for anyone's bottom Grandpa Byron's been telling me that when he first came to the UK, Bladen was a coal mining village. But there's no mining here now, just street after street of neat red brick houses and a supermarket and a gar garage. And it's just like everywhere else really, except it's up one side of a, of a valley. And in some places you can see right down to the river tide and across the other side. And that's pretty cool. And that is where my mom, Sarah, lives on a wide road outside Bladen. Grandpa Byron's already phoned her to tell her he is coming. They stayed in touch for a while after her near drowning. She invited him to her wedding, to, to Roddy, a policeman. But he didn't go. And then they kind of drifted out of each other's lives. But as Grandpa Byron pointed out, it's difficult to hide these days unless you really want to. And it didn't take him long to track her down. Okay, your turn. If you read, if you press pause and read page 353. Okay, I'm sure you've done some really good reading. That's back to my turn. Her eyes flick to Grandpa Byron. She's still holding my arms at my side so that I can't hug her again. This is, ah, uh, begins Grandpa Byron. This is my grandson, Al Chowdhury. Mum lowers her head and looks in my eyes and says, a bit slowly, Hello, Al. Nice to meet you. Of course she thinks I'm slow or have some sort of mental disability. And why wouldn't she? She begins the most awkward and comfortable 15 minutes of my life. Or, to adapt the hot stove pretty girl analogy of my namesake, Professor Einstein, 15 minutes, in the present of someone who both is and is not your mom, along with her suspicious husband, feels like a lifetime. We go through, me and Grandpa Byron, and we sit in her tidy French room and her husband, Roddy, it might be Roddy, who's now an inspector in the Northumbria police, brings tea and a juice in a box for me, like I'm five or something. She and Rhody and Grandpa Byron talk adult small talk, all the how have you beans and everything, which lasts a few minutes. And I learn that she and Rhody have no children, but several nieces and nephews that they're very fond of. And they've moved here about eight years ago and Rhody built his conservatory himself and blah 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 but then it starts to get a bit tricky because all this while I have said nothing and there are some big question marks hanging in the air. Okay, your turn if you read page 255. Okay, back to my turn. Mum barely glances at my feet. 
but smiles indulgently and a bit nervously and her eyes look at Grandpa Byron, sort of pleading for help. My toes, I say, syndactylic, like my mum's. Oh yes, says mum enthusiastically, but it's not her real voice. It's the voice that people who don't have children use when they talk to children. A bit too sing-songy. Did your grandpa tell you I have that too? You probably know how rare it is. How unusual. You're very special, Al, aren't you? Special? Mum's smiling at me, but it's not a real smile either. It's a sympathetic, synthetic smile, which might be all I will ever get from her. It's time to go. I can't stand it anymore. And I quickly put my shoe and sock back on and stand up as Rodie comes back in the room. Mum says, from your mum, you say. Then to Grandpa Byron, I don't remember you saying Hypatia had syndactly. Ah, he's confused. Bless him. He means his dad. Anyway, nice to see you again, Sarah, Rodie. And it's like we can't get out of their house fast enough. I know that I've been acting oddly and there's just this look that is still on Roddy's face as he and mom say goodbye and please come again and all of that. Okay, if you finish off this chapter and then we'll move on to chapter 77. I'll read chapter 77, I'll read the whole chapter and then you can read chapter 78 and 79. Remember that I told you that Grandpa Byron can remember pretty much every single day of his life. Now I think about it a bit more, it's easily the most impressive thing he does. Some of what he remembers are big things, like getting married, which everyone remembers. But some can be tiny, like having a particularly nice lunch or what he wore that day. So far, it makes for more than 18,000 bits of information that he can call up when he wants to remember. Say, where he was on a particular day, or where he was living, or who he was with, or what he ate. None of it is, is none of it written down, of course, so there's no way I can check whether he's right, but I trust him. A date might be mentioned on the radio and he'll close his eyes and say, Ah, yes, March 12th, 1977. That was the day me and your grandma Julie walked along the beach and there was the most jolly, terrific hailstorm. Great big hailstones, as big as peas. And sometimes he can, do, he can do added details like who else was there and what they were wearing, but not always. Anyway, we are back to Grandpa Byron's house. Sniff, stiff from the moped ride and I need to check something. We have hardly said a word on the way back, mainly because it's virtually impossible to talk over the whining of the engine and the wind in our faces. And besides, there's not much to say that doesn't involve me saying sorry for having messed it all up. How are the old memory palaces, Grandpa Byron? I ask with what I hope is a casual voice. But I wasn't to know the reaction this would provoke. He goes very, very quiet and he scolds. And I honestly don't think I've seen Grandpa Byron scold before. Requiring a little maintenance, I'd say. Okay, so what were you doing on uh, September 2nd, 1980? His eyes look up to the left for the longest time. That was, uh, like I say, they are requiring, requiring a little upkeeping. 
I am disappointed and I can't help showing it. Oh, come on. What about January 24th, 1996? Grandpa Byron snaps at me. Don't. I am not a performing flipping monkey. I don't give up. You wrote the book, though. The Memory Palace of Shri. I know what I did. And so do you, apparently. Everything about me. Except that it seems to be some other me. And to emphasise what he's saying, he makes quote marks in the air with his fingers. His voice is quiet. His voice is quite loud now. I have never seen that book in years. I have never seen you for 30 years. And now you are expecting me to be someone else. Think about what you are asking, Al. I'm going to the shops. You stay here. I'm not wanting you to walk the streets. It's not safe. And afterwards, we need to work out what to do with you. What he means is it is not safe for him. I get it. A man can't suddenly have a young boy live with him without people wanting to know why. The front door slams as he leaves and that makes two rows. The front door slams as he leaves and that now makes two rows I have had with Grandpa Byron, both within about five days or 30 years or, oh, I don't know, take your pick. I'm pretty, I've pretty much given up trying to work it out. I hear Grandpa Byron's scooter coughing down the street and I have to act fast. The thing is, I have come back to a world that has changed in a billion unknowable ways as a result of what I did. Mom doesn't know me other than meeting me once and thinking I'm special. Grandpa Byron's just, well, he's just not the same. I worked this out on the journey back from um, Bladen and I remembered what Grandpa Byron, or who I now, who, or who I am now knowing to think of as the old Grandpa Byron told me. Don't dream of a different life, Al. Love the one you've got. Does that mean I can't try to change the one I've got? I have decided that it doesn't. From my backpack in Pi's bedroom, I take out the scratched and battered black box and the cables, the string of numbers and symbols that I so laboriously typed into Pi's supercomputer is still on the keyring memory stick. I'll need to borrow Grandpa Byron's laptop. I'll need to find a zinc garden tub from somewhere. I'm going to use the time machine one last time, and I mean it. One last time. I am sick to death of time travel. Okay, if you read chapters 78 and 79 independently, or maybe to your parents, and then... um do the task which is to write a summary of what you have read so far and hopefully we get to do this again have fun bye